That's what dubstep sounds like, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah it sounds like that. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> yeah, you remember Skrillex, right? That was spot on, dude. <laughs> Funny, yeah. Skrillex or Sesame Street character. <laughs> yeah, is it a Sesame Street character eating a cookie or is it a Skrillex track? <laughs> Who knows? <sighs> Childish, but hilarious. Childish, yeah. but hilarious. That's the other name of our other podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have several <laughs> of them. We, <laughs> they only have two episodes each because we get distracted. That's right. <laughs> Point is, we're making them. We're out here making stuff. Yeah, nothing but solid A plus, solid gold content. You know, sometimes it's okay for things that have an end. You know, you know, this isn't General Hospital. We just or Grey's Anatomy or Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I hear. I hear the that. Book, I, I heard the I book ended. How come the show doesn't end? You know. Oh, you're talking about Fifty Shades of Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, I know. So, yeah. It so definitely... That's our mashup this week, Fifty Shades of Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's actually, yeah, that's the standard medical text on how to treat people who come in with bondism injuries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, somebody get, somebody had Grey's Anatomy book. We're offending... Whole swaths of our listenership right now. Yeah, I'm sure all 11 of them are fine with it. <laughs> I'm sure your brother, who is our hardcore Stan, is well, uh, is going to be fine. He's our only true Stan. Yeah, I mean, he, as a medical professional, he might have something to say about that. Well, we'll have him on next week. Yeah, or two weeks, yeah. two weeks from now. What is your medical opinion on <laughs> rope tying injuries? <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna leave. He's like, this is not. You didn't. You got me on the hearing under a false pretense. What? Yeah. Which is the only way we get people onto our show. So that's why we haven't been able to come up with any good lies. So we haven't had anybody on for a while. So if you got any good lies, we can tell people. Go ahead and hit us up. Social media. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Trickery. Trick, trickery, trickeration. Trickery on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we wrapped up that podcast. It was a tight seven episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we just really felt like we needed to tell our story, you know? Yeah. And also, we were threatened with legal action. So we had to stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David Blaine's legal camp really came after us. Turns out we're, we're not as good at doing that as. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. He's really good at doing that. He's really good at trickery. We're not as he good. Is. That guy, it turns out, really smart. <laughs> Dude, trickery levels all-time high. Yeah, I I heard something about him that was that was just like you see these clips of people just just saying like opening up and saying insane stuff to him, whether it's like Whatever it is, 
like racist or <laughs> yeah, nice medic or whatever. Careful. But he careful. But he apparently it's like he you miss the part where he's like hanging around like being being just like pretty normal and ingratiating himself to these people. Yeah. And so they're like, yeah, he's one of us. He's like one of our dudes. And then they just they just hit it with the with the racism <laughs> or whatever it is, the bigotry. And he's just like, fucking gotcha. <laughs> you idiots. But it works. Like he knows how people work. I mean, I, you know, he's got a PhD in something, as I understand. Trickery. PhD. It's a, P- it's a PhD in trickery. Trickery. Yeah. <laughs> And that ain't it's no actually a PhD. Oh, PhD. Yeah. Yeah, a doctor, a, a trickery philosopher. You know what? Never mind. I, I yeah. Forget. Let's I didn't... not worry about that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. I just wanted to make the lame joke, and I did it, and then I got bit. <laughs> Damn it! You're, you're better than this, Wamsley. Are you? Mm. Are we? No, we're not better than anything. (laughs) There is a list of things we're better than. It is not as long as I would like it to be. (laughs) Yeah, we really got to step it up. This is uh, getting embarrassing. Yeah, scraping the bottom of the barrel. So welcome to the show, everybody. Look at this. We we had our sick intro music today. Yeah, wobbles. Dubstep. Love it. Everybody loves dubstep. And yeah. They especially love it when we do put dubstep with our mouths. Yeah. It's great. You guys started listening to this pod and you were like, these guys are 10 years behind the curve. <laughs> and then we did the dubstep thing joke and you guys were like, maybe they're 15 years behind the curve. <laughs> so here we are. Not only are we out of touch, but also totally unhinged. We have just lost our minds entirely. It finally happened. Yeah. Well, so on a on a real note, speaking of um, you know, being, being out of touch or losing their minds or whatever it is, uh, at a place. So for me, uh, really sad news over the weekend was that Al Trebek passed away. That was that was uh, shitty news for me because that dude has been hosting Jeopardy since 1984, since literally both of you and I have been alive the entire time. And uh, it Jeopardy was always a show that I really loved as a kid and all the way through now because it's a place where you had these competitors who they all obviously really want to win, but they're all there's a mutual respect there and where like knowledge and facts reign supreme on the show, you know, and uh, that's a, a space and a program that I always really respected and loved for that. Uh, and Alex was a person who really, you know, it seemed like he challenged his, the competitors, but he also really respected them. And he talked about often about how he loved getting time to speak with them and spend time with them. So in this day and age where sometimes it feels like where people are losing their minds left and right, and even you yourself probably, I know me, <laughs> yeah. are just like, wow, we're trying to keep a hold of things. Um, you know, that was still a space where, again, knowledge and, and facts were were the true differentiator, and that's what mattered. And so, uh, R.I.P., rest in power, 
Mr. Alex Trebek. Uh, it was very cool to see you do your stuff for so, so long. Pretty amazing that yeah, he did it I mean, for so you long. Don't, you definitely don't stay in that job for that long if you don't have like a distinct, real passion for it. Um, yeah, I saw it. He seems, seems like, like a genuinely a, good guy. Genuine like, person, yeah. yeah. Almost in the Fred Rogers zone. If anybody, yeah, well, is, if anybody else is allowed in the Fred Rogers zone, it might just be. Yeah, he's Fred. he's like Sailor Fred Rogers, you know. Like, <laughs> there's, a, I saw a clip of him the other day, uh, uh, from like old school him trying to shoot these infomercials for uh, telephone Jeopardy or whatever it was this thing mm. people would call in, and just cu- cursing in the outtakes when he would mess up. It was like watching. Oh, that's those, funny. Yeah, it was like watching those clips of. Um, Tony Stark's dad, you know Howard Stark, when you're like in Iron Man, when he's just like doing the outtakes, he's like, "Well, I want to show you my butt. This is terrible. Let's reset." <laughs> and like, jo- jo- Alex Trebek is like, he's like, "Oh, when you're watching Jeopardy 24 hours a day, you give us a call," and he's just like, "The fuck am I saying? You don't watch Jeopardy 24 hours a day? Like, this is crazy." <laughs> It's just so funny to That's see it good. because he's such a professional on the show, you know? Right, yeah. So, like, to yeah. see the outtakes of, of him doing that was, um, I thought, just, like, so funny to me. Yeah, well, any any peek behind the veil for celebrities, I think. Yeah, it's always interesting. Um, Apparently, I heard on another podcast somebody was talking about... Um, but, they were talking about they they produced um whatever another game show that won, won an Emmy, but Bob Barker apparently was super like hyper competitive, and Bob Barker Uh-oh. was. I like, knew that. Si- I saw sitting. that in Happy Gilmore. I remember that. Yeah. So apparently Bob Barker was like sitting behind this person at the awards or whatever, like kind of kicking them in the back of the seat, saying like "You're gonna lose." <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is just like a total dick move. Um, yeah, it seems like a bizarre time to flex, but okay. Yeah, very. <laughs> and but they didn't lose. You know what they won? So in your face, Bob. Price is wrong, or what? Yeah, happened? take that, Bob Barker. Take that, you super successful dude. <laughs> is Bob Barker dead? He's dead, right? It seems like at this point, anybody that we love from our childhood should be dead, according to 2020. <laughs> so dark! <laughs> Which, of course, well, I find dude. hilarious, but... Um... <laughs> That's like the 2020 flex is just like, what's up? Somebody you're nostalgic about? I got you. And I'm like, no! Yeah. Enjoy uh, yeah, sitting in your I... house alone watching your favorite celebrities just <laughs> get ticked off. No Great. wait, maybe he didn't. Maybe he's not dead. Oh, dude, he was old in like 1990. Man, like that feels weird. Is he dead? I don't know. Maybe, the, maybe the Horcruxes haven't been destroyed yet. I don't know. Like what if uh, some, what if the, the prices right like games, 
like all of the like the props. <laughs> you have to destroy them to kill. Yeah, Bob those Parker. are the like, and, and then the final the final Horcrux is the plinko. No, the wheel, the actual wheel. It's the wheel. If you destroy the wheel itself. Yeah, it's the yeah. wheel. You yeah. can't destroy that thing. No, it'll it'll destroy you. I think it has a couple of kills by itself. Like, yeah, it, I think it just it might. You ever see one of those episodes I, I, where there's an old lady spinning that wheel, and they and like you can just see that the wheel is like it, it wants to go full goose goosebumps novel on that old lady and just meat grinder her into the into the oblivion. <laughs> no, is that just me? I know. I think I think it's absolutely (laughs) happened. I think that there's been a huge cover up. (laughs) I just got done talking about facts and knowledge, and we're Mm -hmm. just like (laughs) going off the rails immediately. Well, we're allowed to appreciate um, real science and uh, actual facts, Um, but also jokes. Yeah, we're having a great time. Uh, Bob Barker's not dead. How old is he? He's old. 180,000? He's like 90-something. Jesus, that's old. He is born in 1923. He's, he's Get all, the he's about, fuck out of here! He's about to be 97. Wow. Yeah. Although I guess if you were waxing guys like uh, Adam Sandler in the early 90s, even though you were old, you probably still got some juice left. Yeah, he's supposed to turn ninety-seven December twelfth. So Happy Gilmore I, was a documentary, right? Am I yeah, remembering that it correctly? A, it was about Bob Barker's golf career. <laughs> <laughs> Just completely unacceptable. And the and his terrarium of <coughs> alligators. <laughs> I don't remember that movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, let's give let's get back let's get on the rails. <laughs> let's look back. Okay, let's recap the. Yeah, that's enough of the the comedy quarter weekend. hour. Yeah, that's a wrap on that. Now just serious sports journalism, dude. Yeah, so serious. Uh, we're gonna go over. I'll go over the scores and then we'll talk about the ones that we predicted. But uh, yeah, we had looking a forward to it. Thrilling. Brighton Burnley nil nil draw, and then uh, Southampton Newcastle. <laughs> Southampton pulled it out two nil. A uh, big time dub by Manchester United, bringing back uh, ready to get on this winning streak. Even though we now an international break, three one versus Everton, and uh-huh. they won that uh, very nicely going away. We'll talk about that. Crystal Palace four one over Leeds. Leeds a little bit robbed in that one. Uh, we got to revisit some of our VAR uh, and whether or not people even know how to use their eyeballs when they look at video <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Chelsea 4-1 versus Sheffield United. Uh, West Ham dominates Fulham 1-0. <laughs> Thrashed, as, Thrashed. My dad is, as my dad is fond of saying. <laughs> Thrashed, Tottenham. hammered, destroyed. Any Tottenham sort of... <laughs> re-establishing dominance with a 1-0 win over West Brom. Leicester City also obviously super dominant. 1-0 over Wolves. A little bit surprising. Wolves have been playing so well. Uh, and then a wet affair in Liverpool. City, Man City, Liverpool, 1-1, uh, which was, um, you know, not 
It's a little, a little bit, bit interesting. Of, a little bit little... of a mess over there, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and then Arsenal, you know, coming fresh off that one nil win versus us, just totally lays an egg versus Villa, three nil, losing, losing. So, including uh, some really tragic defending, which um, Wayne and I talked about off the pot. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Some of it was really criminal in, in alex's words this is the season of 2020 continues in which everybody is bad and also yet everybody is also good <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody sucks but somehow everybody's good i don't understand somehow, yeah what we which weekend is it i don't know this is the weekend where arsenal sucks and aston villa is good next weekend we'll check back and we'll see yeah villa loses Villa will lose four nil to somebody, and then to, yeah, they, they'll lose four nil to like West Brom or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Oh, they're playing Brighton next week, so they're gonna they're gonna get hit with an L versus Brighton. Oh, I bet you that game is gonna be. Well, actually, let's just go through. Let's yeah. let's do the let's do what we predicted. I think that's probably a good place to start, and then yeah, we so can talk about how we're like what we think about. Um, Let's start with the Palace Leeds game. I think I, I I believe I had that one at three two Leeds, and um, that was not the case, right? Crystal Palace came out on top, four one. Although, okay, early on, mm-hmm. Leeds, they just they come out. Uh, I believe the wasn't the goal that called back. No, it was the equalizer that got called back, right? Mm-hmm. The first mm-hmm. one. Yeah, it was one nil Crystal Palace. Patrick Bamford goes through. Nice ball through, and like, what a finish! I mean, yeah, he, great finish, quality play all around. Like, yeah, he yeah. he, you know, well played by Leeds. You know, give and go plays him in. Um, he just just puts it away so coolly, right into the corner. It makes it look so easy. Little dink, little yeah, dink into then, the opposite post. Perfect. And then VAR looks at it and says, "Oh, his arm is offsides because he's pointing." He's pointing for where he wants the ball, and his arm is offside. Which you, I I was under the impression that the rule was that it had to be a part of your body you had you could score a goal with. But maybe they changed that, and and um, I'm not with that. But it seems so dumb. <laughs> the rest of this dude's body clearly onside, and so it gets called back, and it's just out wild, just totally outrageous in my opinion. Yep. Um, Hard agree. Hard and, agree, man. Yeah. Like, so then Crystal Palace scores again. And they, it's fine. Leeds comes back. Who is it? But Patrick Bamford, he comes in. Scores. He, he Actually, he blasted it right into the same spot he scored the, the previous one. Because uh, he came running in from the right again. And fin- really nice finish again. Very nice play by Leeds. Nice move. 2-1. Um... And then they just kind of lose hold of the game, you know. They, I think they were going for well. There's the own goal, right? Which is was yeah, pretty those unfortunate. Things kinda, those things just kind of happen. Um, yeah, so you we, get the own goal. Y- and United then... suffered a pretty bad couple of own goals this season yeah. already, which pretty much took the wind out of their sails. Which is actually what I think would happen with Leeds in this game. Yeah, so they give it the own goal, and then <laughs> I think they're down. Now you're down three-one. That's tough. Um, I think when, when you they should gave be down up, three two, at minimum, especially. right? At least, like so, yeah. they should have that second one, which would make a huge difference. But I think they were really going for it in the second half, and I think that's how they end up giving. They ended up giving up the the fourth one, like you know, 
you're kind of pushing, trying to make things happen. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. You know, maybe so you're... That's, that's what makes results look worse, right? Like a, a bunch of teams will lose 5-1 because they were still in with a shot at winning at 2-1 down. And they just leave too much space. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's like mentally that, that kind really of thing, taxing, not that. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I also think that um, I think that the leads players and staff knew that they got historically jobbed 15 minutes, whatever it was, 18 minutes into the game. Like they so, knew they knew that it was wrong. Yeah. And they did a good job keeping up, you know, appearances. But as soon as they started getting, you know, a well, this few, is the a one where the more... own goal was was also super odd because. Um, well, the two goals, <laughs> this keeper for, for Leeds just had a tough game. Like the first goal hits the bottom of the crossbar, bounces down and in same thing for the second goal for Crystal Palace. And then the own goal was so weird because it was a cross that was getting played in, but the Leeds player hits a foot on it and the keeper, for whatever reason, just seems like late to react and it goes in near post on him. I think he's kind of leaning interior. Um, and then yeah, the fourth goal. You mean away from the post? Yeah, I don't know if he is. It's like it's so strange. Like if you go look at it, he it just slides in. I I think maybe my guess is that the defender gets a foot on it as the cross is going to come in, and the keeper immediately thinks like that's going out of play, and then it and then right. he's like. Oh no, that's not going out of play. I got to cover this near post, and he's just too late. I think it's just an inexperienced thing. Like an experienced keeper would get to that near post to make sure, right? And instead, he he just didn't. Sure. Well, that makes sense, uh, especially for a team like Leeds who are just coming up. Um, that's what makes um, coming up from the championship so much more difficult. Is that you have a lot of these players that are good players, but they don't have the experience of you know all the really strange stuff that happens in the Premier League because it looks so much different than the lower leagues um, and that's why teams always struggle like sort of like by default historically um, and then you end up in one like a truly strange game like that one <laughs> where you you should you should be 2-2 and it's actually 3-1 or like whatever and you're just like what is going on like how do i react like et cetera, et cetera, and then it sort of like piles on um so yeah like unfortunately for leads like they, they just don't have like a veteran experienced squad that knows how to get back from there from that position and that's a wrap for them for that game i think unfortunately yeah you know, I'm just looking at, you know, it's tough. Like, Crystal Palace, solid team. Um, I I think VAR let, let leads down for sure. I think if you, That's as bad a VAR decision as I've seen yeah, maybe ever. I think so. Um, but, you know, I've watched that finish, and I watched the other goal um, that Patrick Bamford scored, and I'm just looking at him like, can we buy this kid? Like, he's 27. <laughs> Can we get, like he just keeps scoring, you know? That's yeah. Um, 
I, I think that he's a good player. I'm not sure what his ceiling is. I think he might be at his ceiling right now. Um, maybe, maybe, but um, stats. You won't know. You won't really know until he's done a season or two in the prem. So I think Leeds will stay up. Now that they are up this season, I think that it took them longer than it should have to get up from the championship because I think they were better than the championship. But I think that now they're in their prime, they'll they'll stay they'll stick around for a while. Um, as far as Pat Bamford, good player. I guess he used to be a Chelsea player. Yeah, yeah, he's a, one of the Chelsea. I can't remember whether he's an academy product or not, but they picked him up, and then he's like one of those um, Chelsea players where they have 800 players on loans. Yeah, exactly. Um, as soon as they thing. bought him, they put yeah. him out to loan. So he was on loan to, to MK Dons, then yeah. next year Derby County, and then yeah. Middlesbrough, and then Crystal Palace, and then Norwich City, and then Burnley, and then he got bought by <laughs> Middlesbrough. And then, exactly. And then, exactly. Uh, yeah. And then he went to Leeds, and then he's been at Leeds for seasons yeah so never he, never played a game with the first team for chelsea never even like didn't even play a game for the under 21s like they were just hoping that he would develop and in the end they decided to spend more money on other forwards like the big teams typically do um so yeah i mean i yeah, don't know well, i don't know if there's a coach in the league that i can that can actually properly develop really really young players maybe I mean, he's got seven goals in in eight games this this season in the prem. Yeah, it's about as good as it gets, huh? Yeah, that's a that's a great start. I mean, you know, especially a, for a team that is largely underwhelming. Not underwhelming. Yeah. I mean, the, the underwhelming is the wrong word. They're playing well, but a team that has they're not as talented or as deep as you know any of the big teams or even the mid table teams, but. Yeah, they play good stuff, which is why we picked them to win against Palace, and yeah. got that one wrong. When you got to think, it's going to be really tough for him to keep up this pace. Uh, Seven goals in eight games—that means he's going to end up with somewhere around thirty goals for the season, which would be incredible. Yeah, um, I don't think I don't think he'll get still. there. Um, I don't think he'll get quite there. I think that I mean he's still going to be a good player. Yeah, for sure, get plenty of goals, but between the. Um, fixture congestion yeah and playing for leads <laughs> i just yeah, don't exactly. think that he'll get there I just don't oh. think yeah um so leads uh lose they drop down to after all said and done this weekend they drop down to 15th uh just below manchester united take that yeah <laughs> uh, 14th with a bullet boy uh, we didn't we talk about Fulham West Ham because I was I was wondering uh, if they were going to be able to. Uh, oh no, West Brom Burnley, Sheffield United because I was we were wondering if they Sheffield United was going to be able to get their first dub against Chelsea. Struggle Maybe. City, Struggle <laughs> City from Sheffield for sure. Yeah, I mean all of those teams, right? I like. They're in the bottom three for a reason right now. They are playing not well. Sheffield's um, my maybe my number one or number two pick to go down. I think that's a wrap for them without a goalkeeper having the season of their lives and then the exhaustion of having like a relatively shallow squad um, and also not that many talented players. I think that I think it, I think they're relegated for sure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because now it's really where 
management is going to we're, we can see how much the manager can get out of them right and this is also he's obviously a good manager he managed them very well last year um but they're going through a really tough patch right they were now they played eight games um out of 38 they gotta start being able to take some points off people they play west ham next week or the next match I, day. I I really don't think that Sheffield have the juice this season. Yeah. I think that they punched above their weight, well above their weight last season, then they finished like 8th or something. I um, think they finished maybe ninth or 10th. We looked at it last, something like that. It, they finished just like a few points outside of Europe. Right. Um, and they're unfortunately depend like with what happened to Sheffield in the offseason, such as it was, um, their team is worse now, like sort of objectively worse. And um, that really sucks for them. But that means that between punching above their weight last season and then going, just getting worse and then it being really unlikely that they can replicate the form that they had last season. I mean, that that's a recipe for relegation if I've ever seen one. Which is a shame because it's a well-run club. It's just you know they're back in the cycle between um, yeah the, champ- and, the championship and the Premier League. You know Chelsea coming out with a solid performance against them, right? Put they Chelsea actually conceded first in the ninth minute. Um, didn't didn't matter, right? Twenty third, they they equalized. Thirty fourth, get one more. Uh, Thiago Silva come you know scores one in the seventy seventh. And then Timo really caps it off in the 80th. So that that game just they had to feel like they were in it for so long. Even you know they went down two one, go go into the half two one, and you got to feel yeah. like you can get something out of that game, right? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think if you're gonna play any of the top six guys, uh, six teams, um, the teams that you think that you think you can get a result with um, against, are Chelsea and Man United and Arsenal. And um, they, I mean, they were within, um, I mean, they, they they were close, but in, in, like I say, they don't, they just don't have the juice. They just, they just couldn't get it done. Especially if Chelsea decides to actually score a bunch of goals instead of conceding a bunch of goals, because that's a coin flip team as well. Like they could easily show up and against a, a lower table team and absolutely just concede three and everybody's looking at each other like, what would happen? Yeah. It's I mean, that's, that was early season, right? They were giving them three goals a game for a while and, and they finally tightened it up. Um, well, that's why it feels so weird to hear stuff about Thiago Silva being a success. I mean, you're talking about a, a guy who never played in the prem. He's 33 or 34, whatever he is. He's an older center center defender. Um, he has no business having any kind of excess, uh, success at Chelsea. And he's largely been okay. But, you know, score a goal against Sheffield this week. You wait two weeks. You're a little sleepy because you had to play Brazil games. And you play against somebody who's up for a game like Leicester or even yeah. Leeds or somebody yeah. who wants to make, make a run at it. And then all of a sudden you look like, like you look like char- garbage again. <laughs> That's what makes Chelsea one of those, you know, big six coin flip teams. Like you never know, um, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> really, I mean, 
the chan the chances of vintage Tiago Silva, where he was just like an absolute monster in, at center back, that you can't rely on that happening every week. I don't think it's, so, it's, especially it's, it's not in the prem. No, yeah, he might have the the mentality, the cerebral um, brain power to be able to play well, well to in the Champions extent, League. I mean, maybe but... that's why that's what. Um, Chelsea was looking for, right? Is like having such a young team looking for somebody who can come in, who's won things, who knows how to play. Yeah. And you know, I, I think that that might be to some extent what they're they're trying to get. And yeah, obviously, I think based on the way he's played the last couple of weeks. He can still play, whether or not he's got the legs to to put in all the games that he needs to this season. Yeah, uh, time will tell. Problem? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so just either. Just age, and again the 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 schedule that everybody has to play. I uh, mean, we could do crazy. twenty minutes on just the Premier League schedule. It's a disaster. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I think th- I th- I think that that that's a result that makes kind of pretty good sense for where everybody's going to be at the end of the season. Um, yeah, I Sheffield, mean, wanna... Sheffield struggling and Chelsea somewhere near the top, but without any real success. I mean, there's no way that Chelsea's going to start mounting a title assault anytime soon. Um. Their squad is just such a mess. Um, yeah, and I believe um, Pulisic was in the starting si- lineup for this game, and he felt a, a tweak in his hammy, so he got subbed out, which is a, yeah. a bummer from an, a, a you know soccer perspective. And from an American perspective, he's such a good player. And I think for me... It's like I've just waited so long to have an American who wasn't a goalkeeper play at the, <laughs> playing at or Clint Dempsey. How dare you, a, sir? A really the nec- high the Nacogdoches kid. Yeah, well, come on, Clint Dempsey. But he, you know, he, I, understand I feel what like saying. he never got his chance at like you. He went to Spurs later in his prem career, and they just never he never got a chance to play there. Uh, and that's when they were kind of coming up to right. Yeah. to the next level, right? Because for a long time, they were middle, bottom half of the league. And Fulham, yeah, same, right? They aren't as well. They came back, came up, and they've really struggled one win so far. So, yeah, you know, the just, other pick to, to go just down. not, yeah, to not, to finally have an American that's like playing for one of the big six teams and playing at a really high level and playing really well, right? They paid. They paid a lot of money to get him from Dortmund, and um, there was a lot of skepticism. But he's shown that he can play. Uh, but he's also he's taken on some injuries, right? So right. that's the question: is like his body, his frame. Um, Tiago, who went to to Liverpool, I guess recently he's recovering from injury. But he was like, he was like after every Prem game, he's like, I have a headache because there's so many aerial duels and everybody's so physical. That was Tiago so, Silva, right? Um, I th- oh, was it him? I thought it was uh the the Tiago from Liverpool. Maybe it's Tiago Silva. 
I think it's I, I think it's Tiago Silva because he has to defend all the in the air all the time. I don't think that Tiago. It's a new. It's a new game. Which Tiago is it? We didn't know that we would I, have to differentiate so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that uh, I mean. I think yeah, just playing in this league is just like it's so physical. We've talked about this before, but it's just it's on another level well, from other league. Yeah, I mean. That's another that's another whole podcast comparing the Prem to how it works compared to the other leagues, especially when you get into Germany, where Germany has, you know, a bunch of really well run clubs and they have like a winter break. And so Bayern Munich is like super fresh coming back into the Champions League knockout stages every season since like the year fucking 1985. (laughs) And like how how the leagues treat their teams and their players is so different. Um, in addition to the fact that the the competitiveness in the Prem is at a higher level as well. But... Um, yeah. Well, so let's... We'll see. I mean, we'll see if, how Chelsea can do. It seems like they have... They, obviously, they spent plenty in the summer, and we'll see if they've, they've certainly still got holes in their squad, so we'll see how that goes. I'm rooting for Sheffield United. I hope they can me too. Um, I, I don't think they. they I don't think they will. But <laughs> yeah, I hope they can bring things back. I around. think them and Fulham are pretty much locks to go down. And then you're gonna have to pick from like Brighton and a couple of other guys. Would have thought yeah. maybe. I don't know. I think Burnley's probably gonna stay up, right? They figured out a formula how not to go down. I think. I mean, you would think, but who knows? I mean, I thought that about Wofford, and then last year they went down. So yeah, that was had, a weird one for sure. They had plenty of talent in that squad, so you never can tell. That's why it's the toughest, the toughest league. Yep. Uh, next game: Manchester City one, Liverpool one. This was the big showdown of the weekend. Obviously, other than Manchester United and Everton, but this one was like second, a little bit. Um, well, it's certainly <laughs> second to us, but yeah, I think if you yeah. ask a Prem League fans, like this is the bigger deal. But... Yeah, uh, in the last few years, this has been the this has been the the two teams vying for the title, right? City won by a point two seasons ago. Last year, Liverpool ran away from it, ran away with it, and really dominated pretty much everybody, including City. United took point off them, except What's for up? United. Yeah. What's up? Suck at everybody else, and Wofford, who beat them and then went down. So <laughs> this there is the you go. classic that we, example that we play yeah. in. Um, yeah, early on, thirteenth minute, Mane gets a penalty. It was an obvious penalty. Al Walker. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Um, I mean, but probably not much. He was not actually yeah. a good defender. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just worth mentioning that. <laughs> yeah. Also, we talked about we talked about Jota being fourth choice striker. They played all four of their top strikers in this game. They played Mane, they played Firmino, they played Salah, and Jota all starting lineup. So really interesting uh, that they just tried to go with all of their firepower. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 a fun one, right? Because y- you would have thought that they would try and um tactics their way into not conceding but um the the truth is is that Liverpool squad especially now that Virgil van Dijk's injured um is all about their front line their it's defenders kind of are largely okay um at defending 
but their defenders and their attackers are all really good at attacking. Even their goalkeeper is like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's ball. their first attacker, right? I mean, that's how they, right. that's how they, they yeah. play. They kind of play him like that anyway. Allison is, is nice out of the back. Um, but well, The quintessential they, thing is Trent Alexander-Arnold, right? Incredible fullback. Um, way better going forward than he is defending. And he's yeah. not a bad defender. Yeah, it's worth I mentioning. Think, like, I think so. I think he's the one of the reasons he's so top is because you have to watch out for him going forward so hard. He still defends well, but he But he's better going forward, right? We can I agree think on so. That. Yeah. I think so. I mean I think like there's always the conversation of like Juan Basaka or Trent Alexander Arnold and like but Juan Basaka does he you know, he's weak in the air. I've talked about that, but his ground game, I mean even talk about this team, Raheem Sterling. We played City, did the double on him last year, and a large part of that was Wambasaka just put him right there in his little pocket. You know, he he's just, a much, he, much better defender than Alexander Arnold. That yeah, being said, going forward, going he's, it's, he's, he's non-existent. You don't know. Basically. You don't know what you're gonna get. Sometimes he's, he, you know, he'll he'll put. He's. I think he's improving there, but um, still really tough. So. But in this game, you know, there was it was tough. So they had the, Liverpool really trying to come out with firepower, trying to be brave, on, and maybe trying to push City back a little bit by having all of their best attackers and and maybe trying to cause problems in that way. Um, I don't know if it worked exactly as they would have liked it, but I think they lined up there, to right? attack and then rode their luck. I think that yeah. that game could have finished it just as easily as one one. It could have been three three, or four two. Or there were there were a bunch of chances from City and a yeah, few and from Liverpool where they they like it could have gone either way. And I it think just... Klopp said like when you go play against City, one of the best teams in the world, right? That you just you have to be brave and you have to go for it. And so I I appreciate that. You know I appreciate him just saying, okay, let's try to tactically do something that they're not going to expect. Probably nobody expected them to try that. Um, and yeah, it, I mean, worked a little bit, but not certainly not uh, exactly the results they wanted. Maybe some of that was all of the, the garbage weather, but you know, there were some chances here. Um, yeah, so they give away the penalty, 13th minute, uh, Liverpool goes up, oh, no, and then you come back, uh, and City. Not City got really a penalty a lot, as well. Not really a lot going on. Well, the equalizer that they got, so good. It was what the thirty-first minute, and De Bruyne plays it in, right? And uh, what's this guy's face? Jesus, amazing touch, um, just. Plays a right foot behind his leg into his own path, gets the touch in past the keeper, you know, goes by the defender. It was just an amazing touch in the box. And they did, the announcer did suggest that it was an accident uh, at first, like it was a mistouch, and then, but he was on it, but I don't think so. Um, I think, like, there's no way that he, that he reacts the way that he does if it's a mistake. Uh, I think that he knew exactly where that ball was going, and 
he, you know, he took his chance and made the move and, and he made the most of it. It was just amazing. It was a great goal. Yeah, I agree. Um, even e- e- players that are that good, even if he didn't mean it, he could easily have had had the like spatial awareness at at for his talent level to be able to react and still score. Um, like you think he knows he when he touches it, he feels it and he kind of knows where the ball's going. Yeah, well, he wasn't. Like, exactly yeah, exactly. He like wanted. in his head, he's like, "Well, that didn't go how I wanted, but I already know where it's going." And so his body, like his muscle memory kind of takes him in that direction. I can't say either way. It looks, I can understand why people would say, oh, he didn't mean it. Like, I can see that totally. I think it's intentional. I think it's totally intentional. And yeah, but I you think... can see how somebody would say, oh, there's no way that he meant that. Yeah, because it's I, tough, can, right? I, I can see that because I can see people not understanding the level of talent that some of these people have. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and... To be fair, that guy does not score buckets of goals, right? He doesn't. He just right. doesn't. But it's stuff like that where you see where like, oh, this is why people rate him so highly. He does these things, but he just can't be consistent. He can't score enough goals yet. Yeah, I mean, that... if he was scoring bags of goals like that, he'd be Sergio Aguero, and they would have won the game 3-1 <laughs> instead yeah. of, you know. Yeah. Whatever. So then... You know, fast forward to what the 40th minute, and then you know VAR strikes again, um, and they they give a penalty for I, this is this stuff drives me crazy. Is where it's like, where is this guy supposed to put his hands? He's running backwards, you know, to to defend, mm-hmm. and the guy crosses it, and he's obviously trying to get out of the way. You're talking about um, it's Joe Gomez, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, his I hands don't... out, his hands away from his body. I guess a little bit, but it's kind of inside. But he's running. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yes, about, yeah, yeah. He doesn't know anything about the ball except that, like, he sees it and he does try to get out of the way. I just, it just drives me crazy to see this happen over and over it's again. It's a tough it, one. And it's a, a really good sure. point that I heard made was that, uh, that the rules, <laughs> rules were originally made for the human eye, and now we've got people looking at these monitors in slow motion or whatever and going, yeah, that's a penalty. And, and your body and your yourself, you just don't know anything about it. Right. The ball comes flying in. Sure. So I don't know. I, I don't think that's what VAR was for. And the thing VAR was for, as far as the offsides, it totally got wrong in that Leeds game. So it's like, okay, well, if we're going to just do this and screw it up over and over again, why do we even have this thing? We have to figure it out. Uh, and I, everybody's probably sick of hearing about it uh, last season and this season. So I, I, I think they're adjusting. I don't know if they're adjusting fast enough. And I don't know if they're going to figure it out. I don't know if you out. can. I don't know if you yeah. can. Um, it did go to a re- review by the referee, right? He did yeah, go and I mean, look I at like it on that. the monitor. I like that they called it and then he went to go look at the monitor. I like that better. I still don't think it's a penalty. I think it's just like, I don't know. I just always feel like it's nonsense. And... Oh, what Ole made a good point. What was it like a couple of weeks ago where like somebody's back was turned or something and the ball um, kicked up off of somebody else's foot or whatever. And it hits this dude in the hand. And Ole was just like, you, we can't do this. If we're doing this, then what are we just people? People are just going to start chipping the ball up into people's hands. Uh You know what I mean? Like, think about if you're calling that, if you're calling that and you have a player, 
Think about if if like Messi or Ronaldo was in the league, they could just dribble, dribble, chip it up into your hand. You you know nothing about it, but get a penalty every time, right? right. You'd just be standing there trying to just not lose your ass while this person dribbles because they're so good. And then they and then it's just like, oh, the ball hit me in the hand. Like, what do I do about that? You know, but right now the way that they're calling it is that somebody if somebody was that good, they could do that and get the call. At least some of the time, right? Um yeah, I mean yes. <laughs> the, it's yeah, nonsense. They, they could. But the other the other more the, the other worse part of that is um that somebody who's way, way worse than those world class players can do the same thing. Yeah. Because they're so, trash and they realize yeah. that they can get some love by doing that little shovel into somebody else's hand or arm or whatever it is. Yeah, so Katie so, Beast steps up to this penalty. That shouldn't have been a penalty. Um Keeper goes the wrong I way, mean, but he, he totally misses the goal. I think we disagree on that, but that's okay. He does miss. He, he misses totally the whole misses the goal. And given Which that he's supposed to be top five in the league, and very unusual, top ten on the planet, probably. Uh, I'd love to have him in our team, I can tell you that. I mean, where do you put him, you know? Wherever he wants to play, he's a great player. <laughs> that's the joke. I don't joke. even care. That's the joke. I don't even <laughs> care. <laughs> Where do you want to play him? today, Kev? <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't play striker. Fine, get out there. Marcial, you're on the bench. <laughs> Kevin wants to play your spot today. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever, that guy, yeah. Bruno so Fernandez is about a season and a half away from being to, being able to do that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Just get, get out of here. I'm playing. Yeah. And the and the rest of the Liverpool City game was pretty much a slog in the rain. Um, I think City had the better, probably a little bit better chances. Liverpool had a couple of opportunities. Yeah, I think City um, should probably if 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 you were going to pick a winner, City probably should have won it. They did. Just I mean, a little especially bit with a with a penalty if awarded. Yeah, you'd tap yeah. them to win every time. But a one-one um, seems actually largely fair for that result. Yeah. I don't know what we picked. I don't remember what we picked. But um. It's. I mean, one I tab, one is what you'd I think expect I tab for the City top two to win teams this. in the league. I think I tapped City to win that one two one, and uh, so De Bruyne made a liar out of me. What a jerk! <laughs> Just selfish, honestly. But he I'll didn't get any name, of your emails. I didn't. He didn't get any of my emails. I tweeted him <laughs> a bunch of times. I called somebody named Kevin. They said stop calling, but I felt like I couldn't risk it. I called him again. Uh, didn't work. So many voicemails. Yeah. I'll tell you one that I did get right. Manchester United 3, Everton 1. Nailed this one right on the button uh, at the death. Uh, Cavani really did it up. But you know what? Well, they gave out the one. We knew they were going to do it. And, of course, they gave up the first goal. Of course. Yep. Uh, just the back line, when they're struggling, they just seem like to continue to struggle. And so... Yeah, ball goes forward, and get there's a, there's a head that gets on it. Maybe it's Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Maybe it's Maguire. Doesn't matter. Kind of it ends up over at Bernard's feet, left side of the box, uh, with Wambasaka, who you would usually tap to shut him down. He's able to shimmy a little bit to the inside, 
gets the shot off in in between Aaron Wambasaka's legs, and it just goes inside the post. I mean, it was a nice goal, but one that we shouldn't have given up, right? That was a nice goal. I think that uh, I think that, that it's a nice goal. Um, under normal circumstances, I would not be super upset about conceding that goal. We have concerned, uh, conceded far worse this season alone. <laughs> Never mind last season. That's legitimately a talented player taking advantage of a guy he knows gets um, incrementally worse as he gets towards the middle of the box, which is Aaron Wan-Bissaka. He's a phenomenal wing defender. He's a pretty good in-box defender, but the closer you get to the center backs, that's where United get really nervous and problematic. And he hit a good shot in between the legs. It can happen in any any game against a team that has any kind of talent. Um, I'm not mad at that goal in hindsight. Um, I think it's a good play. I don't I don't have anything else to say about that. Um, it sucks that we conceded it, but you know, fair play, fair play to a talented player. Yeah, and this is a game they set up just how we thought they would. A double pivot with Fred and McTominay, uh, the, that old safety blanket, uh, and it worked largely, right? The Everton's midfield, Everton had a really hard time doing anything really in there. Uh, we, were, you know, we were able to mostly control the game. Yeah, this is a game where they got the first goal. So then it was about the response. And in recent um, recent times, we have not responded very well, right? We've talked about the attitude, but they seem to respond pretty well this game. Um, Bruno, especially, what a competitor, right? Comes back not long after that, 25th minute. And get the ball out left to Luke Shaw. He kind of fakes, comes in, plays the ball in directly in between the two center backs who who are standing around. To be honest, like I don't know if one yeah, thought the other one was going to get it. But Bruno comes in and attacks the ball and makes a great header to the back post. One-one. Uh, it was nice. Yeah, actually, I have something about this. Um, when we signed Fernandez. Uh, what was it? Like winter break last last season, so yeah. full twelve, almost twelve months ago now. Um, uh, I was reading a Reddit post about Bruno Fernandez from a Sporting Lisbon fan, and um, he said, "You guys are getting a hell of a player. Uh, it sucks that he's leaving, but I get it. Congratulations. He's a he's he's a." You know, he's a loyal guy. He's a professional. He's a good dude. Um, and here's my scouting report. And then he, he fully put down, you know, a thousand word scouting report on Reddit about like, this is the kind of player that you're getting. And I remember it specifically because he said, one thing that you guys don't know, and nobody knows, because unless you're watching the Portuguese league every week, which nobody is, <laughs> um, <laughs> Is that Bruno Fernandez, for a guy who's like 5'9", 5'10", or whatever he is, is an incredible header of the ball. He, yeah, he I remember that. The game. Um, he knows like how to do that, and to, like that Everton goal was perfect. He was he was 
for in between two center backs that were 12 yards apart. He was exactly at five and a half yards between both of them. And he just rose up and he knew exactly where to head the ball and just nodded it in the opposite corner. No problem. And for a player who is supposed to be for United shooting from distance, distributing, making plays, all that kind of stuff. It was remarkable. I thought it was a really, really good header for a, for a guy you'd never expect. Yeah, and it has to be said, great ball in from Luke Shaw, who I have not been very enthused by his service over the yeah. last couple of seasons. He's played a lot more, right? He's in, um, A lot of his play has been mediocre, both going he, forward and going and Yeah, things. so it was a really nice ball in. Um, yep. Uh, right, so 1-1. One, one. And yep. then, go forward. Uh, seven minutes, 32nd minute. Who but Bruno again? He comes in on the left side and he plays this little chip curler in uh, for Rashford. Yep. And Rashford rises up to head it and actually misses, but because of that, the keeper's frozen. And yeah, so Pickford can't do anything about it and it goes in the back post, right? Hits, uh, hits the back post, goes in. Yeah, what really was the final? Um, who did they? Who did the Premier League actually declare as the goal scorer for that? Fernandez. Yeah, I didn't look. I, it, yeah, I they originally had said Rashford, Rashford yeah. went during the game, and then they they switched it later because you can see he doesn't get a touch on it. Um, it's Bruno close. doesn't really care as long as it just goes in. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, especially United right now, like. <laughs> yeah. We want to score goals and we want to win, and um, nobody really cares. Yeah, and they so. essentially dominated that half, and then they came out second half, same thing. Like the game just never really seemed in doubt. There was two one. Uh, it it did. They did get a little bit tired, I will say, towards the end of the game. Uh, and and Ole brought this up, the scheduling. Klopp backed him up in, later on as well about the scheduling because because United played midweek, Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then they played the early game on Saturday. Yeah, and Klopp and Ole both saying the same thing. Like, listen, we have such a congested schedule. If you play Wednesday, you should never, ever, ever play in that early slot on Saturday, ever. Yeah, because you're gonna play Tuesday next week as well. Yeah, because you played Wednesday the week before, so you're literally playing a game every three and a half days or whatever it is. Yeah, well, so and this is, you know, we know we're going into international break, so it's like, why can't this team? play later on Saturday or even so say if they were going to play on Wednesday, they played on Sunday. Like That's not a big deal. Why right. aren't the Tuesday teams that played Tuesday? Why aren't they playing on Saturday? Like Scheduling in the Premier League has always been an issue. I mean, yeah. Alex Ferguson was talking about um, that kind of stuff in like 2002. He was like, I don't understand why we have to play Real Madrid on Wednesday. And then I got to play Arsenal on Saturday. Like, what are you guys doing to me? Like, <laughs> what is this? Um, so it's good to know that nothing has changed in 20 years. Yeah, still can't figure it out. Uh, so it should be no surprise that VAR is a shit show. And then, of course, uh, 67th minute, Luke Shaw has to come out because he's injured. And now he's going to be out four to six weeks. So I guess it's good that we bought TELUS. And TELUS is just back from COVID. Yeah, from COVIDing <laughs> it up. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully we have time. To, to get match fit um, over the next couple of weeks while running national break. And, right. um, but yeah, Luke Shaw hurt again. He's had injury problems, but I, I'm i going to blame the 
um i'm gonna i'm gonna blame the schedule and just like being so hard on people's bodies uh i mean i agree that it is hard did you see the andros townsend um criticism he was ripping he was ripping the idea of five subs because he's like oh you guys want five subs but you don't even use the three you have right and i don't think that that's i don't think that that's true or fair i think of course sometimes they're not going to use all three subs but when you have a when you have a um you know a league like this where the schedule's so packed like I don't know. Having one or two extra subs is is gonna make a big difference. I mean, yeah. I so, mean, I, I, I largely agree. I understand the argument, especially from a guy yeah. who's actually playing right now, to point out that you know, for smaller teams, yeah, their benches aren't as deep or whatever. But um, yeah. and of course, um, this I, I think that the actual solution for that stuff is a hybrid of what we're doing right now, not four subs necessarily, but two injury subs and three regular subs like you know what i mean yeah like that kind of thing but of course the like no league would ever approve that because it's a little too complicated no, and, and people and people and would like fake little... injuries or whatever yeah yeah, like, yeah 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 exactly yeah 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 that's where i was going with that you can't yeah you can that's... never you can never i've always thought that oh you should not get penalized a sub for an injury but then i was like well it's soccer like people would fake it you know like it to- it would happen i know it would happen so yeah yeah all right, so we go in this game, and they get injured. So, thankfully, we've got Tuan Zabi. He comes in, uh, plays well, and not a problem. So, one thing I do want to point out, uh, we love to shit on Fred. I'm going to do it a little bit here. Not a lot. <laughs> not a lot. Because, actually, I feel like he had a good game. I feel like he played well. He plays well in the double pivot because mm-hmm. he's, okay. got some, he's got some coverage there. Uh, and so when he goes forward to take chances, McTominay covers and vice versa. So I, I feel like he played well in this game, but there's a, when we talk about his decision-making, there's a thing that he did in the 91st minute. Um, we're up two one. We're in injury time, end of the game. All you, all you gotta do, we don't even need to score. You just have to see the game out, right? Mm-hmm. There's a ball that comes in where, and he takes a chance to try to, to try to get it as the Everton person plays the ball in. Uh, and then he gets shielded off the ball. And now this Everton player is running into the box on the right-hand side, looking for the pass to get the equalizer. Right. And he's got so much space because instead of playing on the back of this guy and making sure he can't go anywhere and, and, shepherding him out to the corner or or then stealing the ball or whatever it is he gambles to try to get the ball in the 91st minute and he loses right around our box right it's a it's a really bad decision and it deserves to be shit on because that's an experience thing that's a that's a player iq thing right sure yeah and i mean you're not gonna get any pushback from me on like on this topic ever yeah and so the ball ends up getting getting played out to the top of the box um and there's an everton shot where nobody's within you know nobody's within six yards of this person shooting and he luckily blasts it over over the goal and de gea is yelling at people but he's probably not yelling at uh fred which he should be (laughs) so 
you know, yeah. that's one that they're gonna go over in the film room. It's it's just a it's just a bad decision all around, and I don't know if he thought that he had better coverage behind him or what. Um, but bad decision all around. Luckily, didn't bite us, which is fine. Overall, like I said, I feel like he played uh, played well, played a pretty good game. Yeah, it was like um, we were, it. it, it... <laughs> <laughs> we have a everybody shit on Fred corner of um this discussion. I'm, I'm happy to be in that corner, but I'm 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 just saying I'm saying like this is why it's like when he has a bad game, he basically does that same decision, but all over for, the field all yeah, the time for ninety minutes. Yeah, <laughs> for ninety minutes. Right, yeah. Um, and people on Reddit are still like, oh, he's so good. He just needs to work on his distribution and his decision-making and his dribbling and every single part of his game. But he's so good. You know, do you see that tackle that he made? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think you bring so, up an interesting point um, with a player like that and uh, his his IQ. It's so bad. I mean, there are a bunch of other things. It's all situational, that- right? He has to know. You have to know, like, okay, we're 90 plus one right now. Uh, the ball's coming into this guy just outside the box. I can't gamble. Normally, you don't, no, you wouldn't normally want to gamble there anyway. Mm-hmm. But that's a moment where you especially can't because you, you immediately give up this, this prime chance to like create a goal scoring opportunity. Right. Uh, and, you you just can't do that. You can't. You shouldn't be doing that anyway. But you especially shouldn't do, be doing that when you're up two one ninety plus one. You're trying to get this dub, right? Um, and so then that luckily doesn't bite us. Uh, and then Everton goes down. They have a little bit of a chance. Uh, not you know they have a not little a bit of something that goes on. Not a yeah. Oh, DeCorey's the one who had the shot at the top of the box, by the way. So that guy could have put it away easily. Yeah, uh, he's he got the quality. The yeah. So uh, then Everton has a little bit of a chance, and uh, we're able to to poke it away. And then Bruno goes on the break, ninety ninety fifth minute. He draws him two defenders to the inside, lays it off to Cavani, who just puts it away, slots it away coolly near post. Uh, really nicely done. Very, very professional from the new man. Gets his first goal. Opens his account at Manchester United. Yeah, that's exactly how it should be. Um, it is worth mentioning that that game should have been whistled um, long before. Yeah, that goal I think went they in. gave they gave an extra minute because we because Rashford went down with an injury early in stoppage time, and he actually has kind of a shoulder thing right now, but he's still he's okay um, so sure. far as we can tell. But it's. I mean, I just think that it's worth mentioning. Like, if United won two one, uh, it gets reported differently than if they win three one. And the reason that we won three one is because they gave us some bonus Fergie time, which I'm not mad at. But also, yeah. it is worth mentioning if you're going to talk about the game. Like, well, we talked about this in that Ole's job was starting to come into question. Um. And we had a couple of games this season, a couple of matches where we, where the game was actually closer than the scoreline belies, right? Because the score, we scored two or three at the very end of the game really quickly. 
Yeah, PSG and Leipzig are good yeah. examples of that for two different reasons, but yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, and I think, what was it, the game we played against Brighton? I think where we were, it was like 1-1 for most of the game or something, and then we we dropped, or 1-0 or something, and we dropped a couple of them. On the, we were talking about it last time. Yeah. Um, so, something to keep an eye on. And they do seem, I don't know, they do seem to get a win when Ole's job really needs it. Uh, so Yeah, actually, that... you could argue that that's been happening since Ole got the job. Because right when they were like, this guy can't manage a team at this level, we beat PSG in the quarterfinals in whatever. Yeah, and it was around that time, I think, when we, and then we, won when we did the double in over City. Yeah. yeah, we beat City twice and then got a bunch of points and whatever. And then everybody changed their tune. Um, of course, until we started losing again, which is kind of the way that it goes with Man United. Um, We've got to find consistency. I think everybody in England wants United to lose. So we're going to always struggle with the reporting stuff. The answer to your question, what do we have to do to start winning is um, squad depth. um, Starting 11 has to get their stuff together for sure. Um, tactical consistency. We don't play the same formation for more than two games in a row. And then also um, whatever they're doing in the medical room at Manchester United, uh, all of those people need to be fired and replaced with actual doctors because I, literally it's been going on like literally every season of 18 injuries. Yeah. <laughs> guys are out for eight weeks at a time every season. Um, Luke Shaw again. Luke Shaw missed a year and a half or whatever it is with his broken leg, and then he misses six, eight, ten weeks a season. Um, you know, you need to figure out the Paul Pogba situation, which is apparently a thing again. Um, why he doesn't start, I don't understand. Um, I don't um, know. And then I think, I think and then he's, it seems like he's been coming on, um, He's been coming on and playing higher up the pitch, and maybe they haven't wanted him to do that um, with Bruno yet. I don't know. I'm not really sure. But, yeah, they have to find a way to get some consistency out of these players, and the players have to show this fight mm-hmm. th- and high, you know, high-level fight every game. Um, we, we haven't seen that yet. Yeah, there have been a bunch of games um, over the last 18 months where the United team turns up home and away, home or away, I should say, um, and they don't look interested at all. They look completely like, I can't believe we have to do this today. This really sucks. And that's a, (laughs) a, a real problem. A real Ugh, I can't believe I have to get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars this week to do this. Ugh. Yeah, well, I mean, people are people, right? Yeah, the other thing, the other thing that's worth mentioning now that we're talking about it is, and this is my eternal soapbox until it finally gets fixed, but we need a complete tactical structure, which means a right wing player. <laughs> you need a right a guy who can play the yeah. right wing effectively. All the time. We're supposed week to in, get this guy. We're supposed to get this guy in the January transfer window from Atlanta, right? 
he's supposed to come another eighteen year old. Yeah. We signed two eighteen year olds. Our solution to the right wing problem is to sign two eighteen year olds. <laughs> and neither of them are yeah, ready to start. Have played. Yeah. Um meanwhile, uh Chelsea, um, even though I don't think their transfer policy is the best, I think that they're the most comparable to United right now in terms of where they are on the table and where their um squad structure is. They signed Timo Werner and Kristen Pulisic. So like Dude, <laughs> you're talking about in their prime guys, injuries aside, whatever. Um, that's how you sign a guy who is supposed to do a job for you. Not signing a guy who's seven years away from playing consistently and well for your team. It just doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. Yeah. And especially when you know, Greenwood and has struggled early this season as well. Uh, you know, he had such a great season last year, but he's so talented and he struggled early this season. And there's, um, there was some recent stuff. I mean, there was a young player who committed suicide who I, I think he was really close friends with. And I, I think obviously that's got to still be affecting him mentally and emotionally. He's trying to go out and sure. do work, yeah, but he, definitely. all the pressure that's on him, you know, was too much for a friend of his. And he's, that's certainly got to be rattling right. around in his brain. Yeah. That's going to be really, really hard, especially for a young player like that. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I mean, um, I certainly hope he's getting um, therapy and treatment for that. Cause that's, there's so much pressure on every one of these players, every young player in any club, much less Manchester United, where we, the spotlight is incredibly bright. Uh yeah, it's us, Barcelona, and Real Madrid. I think yeah. even even Juventus is below. Yeah, for sure. Um, but even I should say I should mention this before before I forget. Um, that stuff that sort of like outside of the game life stuff can happen, and it's really really hard to recover from that. But the truth of the matter is, when it comes to the United team, Marcus uh, Mason Greenwood is not a true right-wing player. He was yeah, even, even before you factor in the fact that he was 17 when he started playing, that he has all of, like, outside-of-the-game stuff, you know, problems. Truth be told, he shouldn't have been playing in that position anyway. If you're evaluating it purely on just, like, a football level, um, he, sh- he should be like, playing through the middle. Right, Exactly. So like, this stuff can happen. It happened with Anthony Martial when he get when he went when he got divorced and remarried and had another baby and all this kind of stuff that happened a couple of years ago. Um, his form went uh, it just it declined significantly. Um, so that stuff can happen. Um, you can't plan for that. What you can plan to do is to buy players and play them in the position they're supposed to be playing like dude nobody can predict that somebody (laughs) like i don't know like the anhel de maria thing right some a bunch of guys robbed his house and held his wife up at gunpoint in in manchester or whatever it was and then all of a sudden he couldn't play football anymore i totally get that it's completely excusable but He was signed to play a specific position, and when he was playing in that position under normal mental health circumstances, he played well. So that's the that's the only thing that you can plan for, and I don't understand why they haven't done that. You know what I mean? 
Um, so that's my that's my principal issue with with how that gets set up. Yeah, and actually, I'd be interested to see us if we ever could play um, play a, a four four two, um, so, something similar. I mean, we, that nobody really plays that anymore. But to see Martial a little bit, to see Greenwood more pushing the line in the middle, and and Martial more playing a little bit holding, um, and then playing off each other in the middle. I'd, I'd be yeah, me in that. too, me too. But also, I'm trying to see Donny Vanderbeek again, a guy who should be playing. He should be starting literally every week. I don't even Van care. Donny Vanderbeek. <laughs> there you go. La, 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 I don't really Van understand. Van he should be starting literally every week in any position. I don't care where he starts. He he makes the team better. The 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 football itself is a, a, at a higher level. Um. He's a complete player. Yeah, he's so smart. He's so smart on the field too. I mean, talk about you know player IQ. He well, he came out of Ajax, and at Ajax they teach you they total. they teach you how to play every position. Total, total, total football. Yeah, yeah. That's how that guy is tackling in the attacking third, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And we talked about it before the season started. We said we you and I were both really excited about Donny Vanderbeek because. We were like, this guy can play on the right. And if you play in a 4-4-2, you can play either, I don't know, Rashford on the left, Martial and Greenwood in the middle, Van de Beek on the right, and then a combination of Pogba, McTominay, Fernandez in the middle, not Fred. Fred never starts, ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> not on his own. Not outside of the double pivot. No, never. Not um, ever, ideally, but... <laughs> Of course, this factors in a lot of other stuff. Like we thought yeah. that our back line was going to be competent, and it turns out that all, Harry Ooh. Maguire, Eric Bailly, yeah. Victor Lindelof, all declined. All of them yeah. are worse now than they used to be. And you have a you have Maguire and Lindelof who have a good game this game, and and you have Wambasaka who who makes the mistake, right? So it's just like, what? Yeah. What can we do to get a total game out of our back line? I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. And our overall, left back situation is a disaster. Yeah, and so now we we're gonna have Twanzevi playing there. We'll have ideally Talis playing there since that's where he was bought to play. Yeah. Um. We'll see. We'll see. So we're, you know, three one. It was a nice game. Um. We'll see if they can come back with that kind of intensity Saturday the twenty first. So we got like we said international break this week. Uh, we're gonna take a break next week for that as well. Uh, we're gonna we're we're gonna take. A full break. Oh, just letting you know, this game, this uh, podcast was uh, brought to you virtually between uh, from the front of the four seasons total landscape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we were actually like we recorded this pod, uh, this podcast <laughs> on a pub crawl between the Four Seasons <laughs> Landscaping Company and the, and four, seasons. the four Seasons Hotel in Washington D.C. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Clown yeah, in DC, not even in Philadelphia. We actually we pub crawled from Philly to DC. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm from Texas. Like <laughs> Philly to DC is nothing. That's like an afternoon. <laughs> like, <laughs> I used yeah. to I used to go pick up my friends in Houston from San from San Antonio when I was living in San Antonio, just because Texas things just just Texas things. Yeah, might as well. You know, have a what quick is it? Job. Only, it's only three and a half hours. 
Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Pew, pew. Texas. Texas. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> That's our laser pistols. Yeah, it's called Future Yosemite Sam. <laughs> or maybe I'm a dubstep. <laughs> I was in I was in San Francisco once. I was out. And um, this was when I was in college and there I met this girl from who was from France. And I told her I was from Texas. And uh she said uh she said, Oh, in France we think everybody from Texas is like Yosemite Sam. And I <laughs> And she did the she did the finger guns in the yeah. air when she said it, and I'll just never forget that. It was just like, yeah. The, the real problem with that is that she's not like you know wrong. She's not that far <laughs> off base, like for that for the attitude that a lot of people that have. So uh, Texas is fun, man. Texas is fun. You can vote you can vote for Bernie Sanders, but have like a whole gun locker in your house. It's very yeah, weird, right. <laughs> at least in Houston. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> Bernie, protect my guns. I'll fight for you. What? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I'll shoot you for universal health care. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a funny one. It's a funny one. But that, um, the gun stuff in Texas, and then the um, Texas is better than everybody gang sort of energy yeah the texans have yeah literally people from colorado or louisiana will be like man dallas sucks and people from san antonio will be like man fuck you <laughs> dallas is great and then yeah. as soon as anybody from texas says that dallas sucks they go yeah that's true dallas does suck hell yeah dallas sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like what <laughs> anybody yeah people when you're from houston and anybody from like not from, oh yeah i went to dallas once like it was cool and i'm like no it wasn't it was not cool you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> like still still carrying that around with me for whatever reason like yeah, no reason at all but yeah. still just carrying it around i just i just like that stuff so much because somebody from florida will be like well oh, you know you know what sucks austin everything's they're so cool and then everybody else rides for austin from texas yeah yeah even though yeah even though if we're, we're from houston we're just like man fuck austin <laughs> yes yeah the place is whack unless <laughs> you said whack, it florida dude. let's curb is... florida get out of here yeah. <laughs> austin is just so fucking trendy that shit is bullshit dude nobody there knows there's nothing there dude houston's where it's at h-town baby yeah and, and then, then and then florida 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 man, florida, is, like, florida man is like austin's the best and you're just like get out of here go get <laughs> it is like that Texas like them off of a Texans ride for, for other Texans, and that's it. That's Nobody <laughs> else. <laughs> uh, that's probably why your uh, your French that your French girl that you met uh, thinks yeah. everybody's Yosemite <laughs> Sam. Yosemite Sam, yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, well. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, with that, we're out of here. Pew 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 pew. Go on, get. Ah, dubstep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>